0: Recording live. Praise God, everyone out there. Praise God is is good in this new year for everyone out there. Because I truly know God has been good and he is worthy to be praised. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. Just expecting God to do some great and miraculous things and just trusting him that he is moving Mm -hmm. and going to bless his people here and all over the land and um, Mm -hmm. because I know we serve a good and merciful God I know someone had inboxed me and asked if I was having problems I don't know if they're having problems getting on the line but um, and um, you know just trusting God that everything is is well and um, Mm -hmm. and I don't know if our Speaker uh, is on the line, Miss Breeden.
1: Yes, I'm here.
0: Oh, here. praise God, praise God. I'm, um, <clears throat> it's a blessing, and um, what we normally do is I go ahead and, and let the guests go ahead and lead us into prayer. And
2: okay, all right. Can everyone hear me? Okay. Yes,
1: ma'am. Okay. All right, all right. Well, it is a privilege to be here with you this evening. Um just excited to see uh, and hear people on the line tonight and know that no matter what the number is or how many people are on this line, that God is in the midst. And we thank him for his presence. We thank him for his power. We thank him for, for his grace and full operation in our lives. And to you, Miss Ministry, that rest so I want to say thank you for allowing this opportunity for me to come on the Movement Real Talk uh, uh, radio broadcast on tonight. Um, A privilege for you to think of me, and I just want to acknowledge you and to thank you for that. And we will go ahead and uh, dive right in to prayer. Heavenly Father, we come before you tonight, God, right here at the starting gate, of a brand-new year, 2015. And we just want to thank you for bringing us thus far in 2014, and you saw fit to allow us to breathe and our hearts to beat, to cross over into 2015. And here we sit on Monday night, God, another opportunity to praise your name, another opportunity to share, to inspire, to motivate, and to uplift each other in the name of Jesus. Lord, I ask right now that you travel over the phone lines, that you come down with your anointing over the phone lines and over the airways on tonight, and let there be something said to encourage, to bring a shift in mindset when it comes to relationships on tonight and how we are to honor you and glorify you and edify you in our relationships as we go into this year. And, God, I just ask all of this, that every touch, every soul, every family represented on the line tonight is blessed and refreshed and encouraged. And we ask all of this in the matchless name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Thank
0: you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Yes.
1: Hallelujah. Glory. Thank
3: you, Jesus. Amen. Yes.
1: All right. Well. Cause I really don't have – I'm not quite sure of your format and how you normally flow, but I, do you want me to continue to go forward and begin to talk, or do you um, – how, how do you want me to do I'm not quite sure.
0: Yes, what we usually do is go ahead. Once we have the prayer, we go ahead and, and um, let the speaker go ahead and speak. And if you want open uh, forum, then um, you can have them, you know, come in, um, after you either completed or doing so you can open up to the audience the way that you that the spirit lead, leads you to.
1: Okay. All right. Well like I said um before my name is Tanika Breeden, and I am the author of Get Out of That Dead In Relationship Now, a Christian Woman's Guide on how to get real, healed and move on. And it is my personal testimony of the process that God took me through. So that I got real with myself and I healed and I moved on from a dead-end, toxic relationship that almost derailed my destiny. And I don't know the relationship status of the ladies that are on the line tonight or maybe some gentlemen on the line. I do not know. But on tonight, you know, I'm thinking about the people that are in relationships now. And this is if you're married or if you're in some type of a romantic relationship, but it's not marriage living with someone, whatever that relationship status may be. But I'm talking to those that you know that you're in a dead relationship and you're hanging on by a stream, or that relationship is going south and you know it, and you've struggled and huffed and puffed through the holidays, but you know that this relationship, or you may know someone who's like that. And this session will deal with that. And what we're going to talk about, you know, words and nuggets of wisdom and encouragement as you renew your mind and go into 2015 in this type of a relationship and what steps you need to take in in conjunction with the Holy Spirit and the Word of God to lead you in this process. And so let me just backtrack a little bit so you kind of know a little bit about my story. My book was birthed after the death of my father. The the late Reverend Gerald Tillman, to whom I dedicated my book, and at the time of his sudden death, I was at my wit's end in my dead-end relationship. And his death was the final straw that caused me to open my eyes and wake up to the fact that life is just too short, that I have a destiny and purpose in God, and that I absolutely could not afford to waste time going around in circles in a dead-end relationship. Even when it hurt, with the help of God, I had to move on. And before I go any further, let me just make this clear. The dating relationship that caused me to write the book, it was not my marriage. This was a relationship that I got myself entangled in after I was divorced. I made a big mistake. First of all, I was married for 10 years, and then um, I was in an unequally yoked marriage um, And I married when I was young, and I was immature emotionally, and I was spiritually immature. I was married when I was, I think I was 21 or 22 years old at that time. And that marriage lasted 10 years, and out of that union came two kids, two um, boys. But at any rate, when I divorced, I, I waited about a year and a half or so before I started dating, but I thought I was ready. And at that point, that's when I got myself caught up in a dating relationship. And so and I want you to know that for those of you who may or may, may not, I don't know your status, but if you're thinking about filing for divorce, please be advised that I'm not an advocate of that because and, and, I know that it grieves the heart of God. But I'm also, I am also not an advocate of a sickly, failing, jacked up, miserable, spiritually, emotionally abusive, infidelity, adultery-type marriage either. I believe that grieves God just as bad as divorce. And just just so you know, um, I saw also just to put this out here, there was an article on the Huffington Post published yesterday that called January Divorce Month. January is known in legal circles as Divorce Month. This is when everybody goes to the holidays, and they get to the end of the year, and they want to keep things intact just to maintain that image of the happy family with, for the sake of the children just to make it through the holidays. And then as soon as January rolls around, about the middle week of January, every year there's a glut of people calling the lawyers to start filing for divorce. And so this is what people do. That's a crying shame, but January is known as Divorce Month. And legal attorneys, people who specialize, they spend those last few weeks in December getting ready for Divorce Month in January. That's a crying shame. But that's the society that we live in. And I'm saying this all of this to say this. If you are on this line on tonight, or if you know somebody that's going through this, let me just tell you, divorce is not a walk in the park. It's not easy breezy, and it does grieve the heart of God. But like I said, for me, I think the opposite of jacked up, sorry, miserable, messy marriage is just as bad, and it's just as grievous to the Holy Spirit. So let me get back to my story so that you kind of get the context. So the dead-end relationship that I wrote that book from, it was after I was already divorced and I wasn't healed from it. I hadn't gotten myself together, and I was still in the same mentality. You know, I wasn't ready. And so that's how I attracted another bad relationship. And just bear this in mind, if you're going to do it, if you're going to end any kind of relationship, and I'm going to back from, back up what I'm saying with scripture and things from my book, but if you're thinking about ending a marriage, or if you're engaged to someone, or if you've got a boo, or some type of romantic relationship, or if you know somebody that's like this, listen. Don't ever mistake. Don't ever make the mistake that I made of thinking that just because you survive something that that means you're healed. I survived the divorce. I lost the baby weight that I had when I was pregnant. I looked good. I was in the same size clothes. I had all my energy. I looked cute. I got my own house. My children were fine. I thought I was healed. You couldn't tell me anything. I was bad, and I thought I was ready. No, no, no. Don't ever think that just because you survived a divorce, you survived a relationship breakup. Do not make, mistake that for healing. And that's what I did. And I and so just because you survived, you have not. Moved, you hadn't even dug, dug deep beyond the surface of who you are past going out of survival mode. I kicked into survival mode, I made it through, and I made the mistake of thinking I was healed, and I messed around and attracted another broken person. This broken person that I attracted happened to be a man of God. So the second biggest mistake I did, the first mistake was, number one, I mistake because I survived a divorce and I was looking cute that I thought I was healed. The second mistake I made was that I assumed that just because he he was a man of God. I made it an issue of faith. Instead of using common sense and the rhythm that the good Lord gave me to see that he was not the one, I mistake his spiritual gifting for spiritual fruit. There is a huge difference. You can preach the paint off the walls, you can hoop, you can holler, you can play the piano and the organ, you can lay hands on the sick and
2: they will recover. But if you don't have the fruit the character of God, peace, love, hope, self-control,
1: those are fruit of the Spirit. You need that in marriage, in a marriage relationship, in a romantic relationship. You're not going to care if that man can preach. You're not going to care if he can sing and hope. You're going to care if he can be faithful to you. You're going to care that you have peace in your home. You're going to care that he has faith and loves you for the love of Christ. You want spiritual fruit not a gift. And see, because I was immature, and I was, you know, immature emotionally, immature spiritually, and I wanted to be married so bad again, I mistake the fact that he was a man of the cloth for the fruit, and that he had the character to back up those gifts, and he did not. So those are two mistakes. Those were two big mistakes I made. And then, again, I was broken. I wanted to be married again. And I made those decisions on gifts and fruit, and I glossed over all the red flags. And, see, God tells you. He gives you red flags. He gives you those checks in your spirit. You get all those prompts. You get all those little coincidences. You get all those little feelings in your tummy that something's not quite right, that something doesn't jive. And, see, we glossed over that stuff. We bowl those right on past it, and that's the Holy Spirit trying to help us. But we want what we want what we want, and that's what I did. And so that, that's just the basic of my story. And then from there, I wrote my book based on the lessons and the nuggets that I've learned. And so just to circle back here, you know, as I was preparing for another call that I did a few months ago right after Thanksgiving, it dawned on me that I ended my dead-end relationship right around that same time period, right after Thanksgiving or right before Christmas. and. I realized, you know, at, the, at that time I had been five years into this wedding relationship, and I realized I could not go, just like the people in the divorce statistics, even though we weren't married, you know, we were, quote, engaged, but it never would materialize. I realized that I could not go another year in the same old mess, going around the same old stupid circles, and I couldn't see myself doing it. And so the thought of staying in it, what's just absolutely unbearable. And as I talk about this, and if you're at that point now where you've gotten through the, the holidays and you've been fronting or you know someone who has, this is a, this, this is what I learned during this time that actually gave me the grace and the peace and the courage to go ahead and cut that thing off so that I could get moving in my purpose in God. I'm going to pause for a moment. Is everyone here still hearing me because it's so quiet?
0: Yes, ma'am.
2: <laughs> okay. Anybody got any questions or comments or any initial
1: thoughts about what I'm saying before I keep moving because when you're talking, I can't hear nothing.
0: Does anybody else have anything that they want to add or comment on?
2: Okay. So I'm going to keep moving. All right.
1: All right. So, and again, I'm going to hit a few key points, and
2: I'm not going to keep you long, but when you – when well, you know you're in a dead-end relationship
1: and the relationship is bad, it's going south, trust that feeling on the inside. This is a, a key nugget right here. If anyone's taking notes, this is something that I would write down. Trust that feeling on the inside where you know that something is off. Some call it intuition. Again, I call it the Holy Spirit. Don't try to suppress it. Rationalize it. Deny it. Take it off. Don't try to fake it until you make it. Don't ignore it. It will pop up again, and it will not go away, and you will always carry that underlying anxiety with you, and it's not worth your peace. And, you know, this could be applied to anything in your life, not just dating relationships. If you know something's off, and you've got that feeling in your spirit, and it's not some wild emotion, you know that something's not right, you trust that spirit in business. In dating relationships, in any type of situation, and in my particular case, you know, I had already done quite a bit of soul searching, struggling, and surrendering, and so I had already kind of gotten to a point where I knew that I was ready to end it, but I just didn't know how, and I didn't know, just didn't have that initial courage. But there was the proverbial straw that broke the camel's back, and this was where, this was when when I received a very loving and truthful phone call from my sister in which in that particular day and there's a series of events that led up to the phone call but at any rate she shared with me from her heart and confirmed with me everything that I was already thinking and feeling at that time and it was like right at that moment of her call her call was so on time and it's like God was just confirming one more time what when my sister called me it was the confirmation the kick the jump start that I needed to go ahead and end this relationship. And at this point, and again, I said it was right after Thanksgiving, but right before Christmas. I didn't care that it was the week after Thanksgiving. I didn't care what people would think right after Christmas. All I wanted at this point was peace, to finally be rid of the anxiety, the questions, the struggles, all this stuff. And, when you know, the key point here is when you receive confirmation from God on something, this is regarding a dating relationship, some type of decision you need to make. When you get that final confirmation, where you know that you know that you know God has told you something, do not waste time. Do not waste time. You do not need an angelic visitation. You don't need three wise men and a star. You don't need a trumpet blast, and you don't need some type of prophetic visitation. You already know everything that you need to know don't you don't need all that extra you once you get that confirmation from god and for me that final confirmation was that phone call from my sister i like that's it the devil is lie. i'm busting this thing up right now and when you you apply that don't waste time when god has already told you you don't need a prophetic word when you already know so that's a key time it's time for you to execute And do what you know you need to do. Instead of focusing on the investment you made in that relationship, what people going to think, the fear of the unknown, or what's going to happen, or how that other person is going to respond, you keep your focus on obeying God and leaving the consequences to him. You obey God. You obey that confirmation that you have received, and you leave the consequences to God. And as long as you leave the outcome to, to God, and as long as you are obedient, he will come through for you. You focus on the peace and the victory that you have when you have finally made a right decision that's healthy for you, healthy for your life, and that's going to preserve and protect his purpose for your destiny. That's all you need to focus on. And, you know, one of my standing scriptures is Isaiah 26, verse 3. You will keep him in perfect peace. Whose mind is stayed on you? We are not promised peace unless our mind is stayed on Him. We we have the, not on our job, not on our finances, not on how our children are acting, not on church work and ministry work, and this, this, that, and the other. The only time we're promised peace is when our mind is stayed on Him. And so you hang your hat on Isaiah twenty-six, three, and also for Colossians three, two, and set your mind and keep it set, and that's a biggie. It's hard to set our minds and keep it set because our minds want to run here and y'all and all over carnation if I'm filled with the post. But it says in Col- Coloss- Colossians 3, 2, you set your mind and you keep it set on things above. And that, those scriptures are ones that I use in my personal edification. And, you know, once I ended this dead-end relationship, there was a profound sense of freedom and peace that I did not have before because I was always weighed down and emotionally entangled all caught up in wondering, you know, about this relationship all the time. Another key in this whole dating relationship, and let me keep an eye on my time, is once you've surrendered a situation or a relationship to God, what you wanted to happen, the fantasy or the dream or the potential that you saw in this person and what you envisioned that relationship to be, once you surrender that and give that up, you will be finally, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually free and open for what God really has to you. And so, and once you exit a dead-end situation, and again, this can be applied to not just, you know, a romantic situation or a marriage or anything like that. It can be applied to anything, but be prepared and be ready to shake the dust off spiritually and emotionally, all the residue of that relationship off over your life you got to be free and clean from the effects of a dead-end situation before you can rightly walk into your purpose. And, you know, if you choose, if you're in a situation or if you know someone who is, you're getting ready to end a dead-end situation or you're getting ready to get yourself out of a toxic situation, do everything you can to work with God to receive clarity, focus and healing from that relationship and from that situation don't go carrying any mess from it going forward in the rest of 2015 don't go and and, you know if it's a romantic situation uh you know a situation like that don't go rushing right into dating right away after you've already ended something because you're not ready you haven't healed yet give yourself time to heal You know, and again, sometimes we Christians, we engage in mindless dinner dates and we're killing time and we're wasting someone else's time and we know we're not ready. So take the time to heal and and get real with yourself before you start dating again. And, you know, um, again, I like to look at scriptures and everything I do of Philippians 3.13. You know, brother, I count, uh, you know, I have not uh, apprehended, but I, Forget what lies behind, and I press forward to what lies lies ahead. So you let go of that dead end situation and press forward to what lies ahead as God heals you. Now, another key thing that I want to look at, that's a big issue in dead end relationships and just relationships in in general, is to, again, don't settle for less and a, a self mistreatment from a person that claims to love you. Let's define what mistreatment really is. When you look that up in the dictionary, it means to treat badly, to abuse, to ill use, to kick around, maltreat, malhandle, mess over, and misuse. Let me say that again. To mistreat someone means to treat them badly, to abuse them, to kick them around, to maltreat the handle mess over, and misuse. What about any of these words do you want in your life at all? Absolutely nothing. None whatsoever. It is unacceptable for you as a human being, a child of God, to be treated like this at any time, anywhere, any season, day, or month of the year. And lonely feelings, being lonely, wanting a man or a woman, if there's a man on the call, is not a reason to to settle or to be mistreated. To have someone to hold you and hug you and all of that stuff is not a reason to be treated badly, kicked around, or messed over, ever. And so we must learn to stop settling for less or accepting mistreatment just to have somebody because they're lonely. And, again, the root cause for settling for this is believing that you're less than and not worthy. It's an indicator of low self-worth and low self-esteem and low value. And I'm talking about cultivating and developing a healthy and balanced self-love that is rooted in Christ's love, not this arrogant, conceited, puffed-up, selfish stuff, but the kind of love that says, Christ sees me as worthy to be redeemed, worthy enough for him to die for, Therefore, I am worth, worthy to be loved. He did not die a cool, horrible, nasty death on a cross just for us to turn around and lo- allow someone else to mistreat us and misuse us just because we're lonely. He paid too high of a price to redeem your life for you to put yourself in a situation where you are dishonored, hurt, and taken advantage of. Jesus paid too high of a price for our lives to ever put ourselves in bad a poor relationship situations. A key n- a nugget is always, always remember, it's not about how someone makes you feel. It's about how they actually treat you. A person can, with a bunch of sweet words, make you feel on top of the world. You have butterflies and tingles in your stomach. Be on cloud nine, full of fantasies, you know, with all the potential and promise. But the litmus test, when the rubber hits the road, the litmus test of how much they really, really value you is in how well they actually treat you as a human being and as a child of God. Do they care for you and respect you for the person that you are? And then case in point, you know, speaking from my own experience, You know, I spent a lot of my holidays waiting for my text messages, hoping we'd get together, have some type of normal semblance of a holiday like a couple with kids or whatever, and it would always pan out to be a messy waste of time and foolishness and foolery. And then, you know, why did I accept this treatment? It was because I was not rooted, I was not grounded, fixed or founded in the love of God for myself. I was not complete. I was not a complete and wholehearted woman of God. I spent my time looking outside of myself and the institution of marriage to make me feel whole and to validate me and make me feel like I was something. And I made a decision to stay in this dead-end relationship for as long as I did based on how he made me feel emotionally instead of how he actually treated me. Get that. Catch that. That's important. There is a huge difference, Here's a huge difference in how you're being made to feel by someone's sweet words and the corresponding action or lack thereof of how they actually treat you. Don't uh-huh. twist it, folks. Don't mistake the two. When a person's words and actions do not jive, you believe the actions, not the words. You believe the actions, not how they make you feel don't mistake how they make you feel emotionally with goosebumps and funny feelings and little happy notions and fantasies and and the way they treat you is a whole different matter and i made that mistake all right and so that that was a that's a biggie and i want to make sure that you understand the difference between how you're being made to feel versus how you're actually being treated in the relationship and sometimes, you know, and we're all guilty of this, uh, I know I have, but when we're just fresh out of a relationship, we allow those past exes to come circling back into our lives. And the reality is they are called ex for a reason. They did exit your life for a reason. Chances are the same issues that caused the breakup to start with are still in place, and they don't instantly magically disappear just because it's the beginning of the new year or it's the holiday season, you know, and baby Jesus and mistletoe and the temptation singing Silent Night and all that. People don't change the core of who they are. They are what they are. And so we have to be careful with these exes and letting them kind of slide back in, you know, and we have to, you know, remember the reason why that breakup started. And one thing that I say, and I always say, the old ex-boyfriend Ex-husband, ex-significant other, ex-ex-ex-ex-fiance, they, all these exes, ex-babies, daddies, babies, whatever. If they treated you poorly, they should not get a free pass or get granted amnesty and access to your life uh, as if nothing happened, just because they look good, just because they smell good, just because they say all the right words, and you get a few tingly feelings. The standards necessary. Hear me well. The standards necessary to have a healthy and wholesome relationship with you should be in full force all year long, all the time, and they should not be suspended or suspended for any X for any reason. You have to know that you know that this person has truly changed, but chances are, unless there's a supernatural move of God and the grace of God, they have not. And you have to keep your standards in place and make sure you do. And you have to have the strength to do that. To, to not fall back into those type of situations, especially going into the new year, especially if you've just broken up in a relationship. You know, and if you're hearing something for someone else, remember this, because this is a biggie. And, you know, like I've always said, we, you, as women, or if there's a man in the line, you are responsible for your own emotional and spiritual health and well-being, which means you must take the time to know who you are and know and love you first before someone else can know you and love you. If you don't love you, you can't expect someone else to love you, and you should never expect someone to do more for you or love you more than, you're, than you do for yourself. And that takes you, first of all, knowing the love of God for you first and knowing who you are and the wonderful person that God has created you to be. And if you don't Love you first and receive the love of God and be rooted in His love for yourself, you will always be be subject to being mistreated and mishandled and abused every time. Without this, you will always be functioning at an emotional and spiritual deficit, which will make you vulnerable to foolery and mistreatment and attracting, attracting other broken type people who will do that to you. And I always, one of my scriptures that I hang my hat on, is Colossians 3.10. You are complete in him. You are completing a complete, whole person in him. And we must receive and walk in this completeness and wholeness to attract another complete, healthy, and whole relationship. And also Ephesians 1.6 tells us that we are accepted in the beloved. You have to stand there and root yourself in these scriptures so that you know that you know that you are loved and that you are whole and complete. In Christ. Amen. All right.
0: Amen. Amen.
1: Amen. Anybody have any questions? Because I've been talking for a long time and I know I've said
0: <laughs> a lot. So
1: try it out there. Don't let me just keep talking forever.
0: Okay. I just, uh, wanted to, that last part that you were know, on, it was some more prior, previous to that as well. But that last part when you were talking about you are complete and whole in God. And a lot of times in relationship or or um or even you know in ministry um uh, we feel that I know when i first i was married twenty twenty years and in a day and end relationship, but because of the children and different things like that, I stayed in that relationship and it And it was because I always said I wanted to be married, I wanted to have children, and, you know, I just wanted to be that perfect family that we, you know, you've seen on TV or, you know, so a lot of times you have a tendency to to live in the fantasy instead of reality and um that was one thing that i wanted to make note of, you know, that i was in a, a relationship like that as well. And then when the latter part when you were talking about being made whole, but being made whole in God. And some people feel that in order to have a, a marriage or or to be whole that they need to have that other the, the other mate. But it's just like you said, you have to have two whole people.
1: Mhm. Amen.
0: To come together because if you half whole and he that person is half whole, and then you trying to make a whole together, a lot of times you have some which we all going to have some flaws and some things that we have to work through anyway. But it just make it more difficult because you have to make Christ the center in Christ yeah. the relationship, and that's any relationship. And you know anybody else, you feel free. <laughs> mm-hmm. We silent again. Now last week we were silent. And we was kinda we maybe someone was going through the weather and um you know, you don't have to say your name or anything. If you have anything you want to interject, feel free. Um yeah, we, we have opened up the lines for that. Or anything well,
4: Yeah, through? I just wanna say that was really good teaching on um relationships, marriage and uh boyfriend, girlfriend, or that's my man, that's my woman. I mean, it's really good to um know and to also believe um that you don't have to just, you know, put up with anything and um and um and and just say, Okay, I'm gonna lower my standards because I just want a person. You no, know, a lot of people or mm-hmm. in a relationship, then when they get out of a relationship, they, they, they jump into another one just like that because they just can't be by themselves, but they they haven't worked on themselves. They've taken their stuff take with them to that next relationship or that next marriage or whatever it is. So it, it takes time, too. So you just don't want to just accept anything or just anybody just because I just want to have somebody. I just want to get married before I turn Twenty-five, where I think I'd be an old maid or whatever. But you really do have to know that God is your is your lover. God is your your everything until He brings that person into your life that's gonna be your soulmate. Amen. But you have to be taught that too, cause you know we all were in the world at one time. But you really do have to be taught that. And, it, and
5: mm-hmm.
4: oh, I. Amen. Amen. Yeah. And I agree with everything
1: that you, you all are saying, totally and completely true. And, again, um, the point you made about to, to have people come together trying to have a whole relationship. Um, there is a chapter in my book um, that's out, I think it's chapter seven, or one of them. No, I can't remember my chapter uh, chapters, but it's called The Crumb Snatching Woman. Mm. And it, I have a visual of, you know, you're just trying to live off crumbs in a relationship because you're a broken person. So what it looks like, really, I do a visual in my book where I talk about two half cake, uh, you know, a half of a crummy cake, and then the other half of a crummy cake, and they're trying to come together to make a whole cake, but they can't come together a mm-hmm. crummy, and that's what relationships look.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: you know, you want a complete relationship, a whole cake with icing on the top. It's going to be right and healthy and whole, and it takes two whole people to do that. Mm-hmm. And you definitely have to be complete in Christ first, so that you're not coming to the relationship table all hungry, all needy. And that's another visual that I, give. you know, you come into the relationship table, got all these emotional and spiritual deficits, all jacked up and broken, you know, looking for somebody to love you looking to be held, looking, you know, for all this romantic fantasy and deep tender looks and sunset walks and romantic dinners, and you come to the relationship table all hungry, and you're not full of the love of God for yourself. And so you come to the relationship table, you're looking at this man like he's going to be able to to deliver at this level every day. And most red-blooded males are not going to be this romantic, tender man 24-7. And so we try to put all of our emotional eggs in a man's holy basket and then wonder why those eggs start sliding out and cracking all over the sidewalk. It's because we try to put all of those needs on a man that can only be met in God. In God. Amen. And so we don't, as men of God, we can't come to relationships all hungry, all starving to death, coming to the relationship table like that. When we come to a relationship table, we want to be full, Complete, satisfied, full of life and the love of God, so that when we come to the table, we can think straight, we can use common sense, we can use wisdom, and we can quickly discern because we're hearing from God, we're full of the love of God, so we can quickly discern what this man is about, and we're not like laughing at the dog, chomping at the bit for every little crumb. Mm-hmm.
2: You, am
1: I making sense? Yes.
4: yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm.
1: And so that's that's why it's important to be full of God first in relationships. Um, you know, while I'm talking, there is another thing that I do like to hit on, of course, which is, um, you know, not compromising sexually. You know, I would be a if I don't hit that. But you know, as women of God. And men of God, we're responsible for how we conduct ourselves, what we let into our spirit visually, the stuff on TV, all the garbage and filth out there, mess on Facebook and all of the Internet, just everything. And so we have to guard our eyes and our ears. They are the gateways to our minds and hearts. Garbage in, garbage out. What you think about, you bring about. So yes. if we truly, amen, if we truly and sincerely mm-hmm. desire, mm-hmm, to be prepared for and ready for marriage to God's best that we cannot put ourselves in compromising mental and emotional states by feeding our spirits incorrectly with a bunch of junk we have to be full of the word of God and then if you know if our minds and our emotions are compromised by fantasies unholy thoughts and all of this stuff we will be susceptible to what i call boundary busting behavior we will bust our boundaries in the areas of our purity and our sexuality because we're full of that stuff. We're watching it on TV all the time and everything else. And so, that, amen. And then you can find yourself in a complicated, messy situation where, you know, you didn't intend to go there, but somehow or another you did and it's done and now you're guilty. Mm-hmm. And
2: so
1: that happens to quite a bit of us. Yeah. And yes, amen. And there's a quote that I always like to use. And and I like to say that um, comes from a book called from Michelle McKinney Hammond, and this is what she says. You are not a taste taste, test sexually. We're not a taste test. We're not a sample. We're not putting our sexuality to be sampled and then put back to the side. You're not a, a taste test to be sampled, tested, mishandled, abused, and left alone. You are too valuable. Your life means too much to God. How much does your love cost? You've got to have up your mind concerning your own value. Cost prohibits experimentation. Let me say that one again. Cost prohibits experimentation. Your love and your body cost too much to be experimented like a object. Amen?
2: Amen. As a woman...
1: You are not a taste test. No man should be able to sample you and then decide later if he wants to pay the cost associated with claiming you as his wife. You are priceless. You were created, redeemed, and are deeply loved by God. And if being involved with you requires a high cost, then you will be able to sip the wrong people out of your life right quick. Understand and know your worth and value. Men use women who don't know their value. Amen. Amen. Prohibits well, here it ex- sexual experimentation. Your life costs Jesus too much to be sampled with in that area. And that's my take on the boundaries issue when it comes to sexuality. And another thing that I look at it from another perspective is, as God, we are kings and queens in the earth. So women, we are queens. And if we don't we don't give in like we're slaves to our sexual desires. We should not let our sexuality cause us to act like slaves. We master our bodies, we master our impulses, and we master our emotions. We don't let our emotions and our impulses dictate our lives. We yes. are in charge of our own temple, and so we are called. To, to keep that under subjection by the power of the Holy Spirit. And I believe I've covered the main points I wanted to cover. We're almost 10 minutes or so from 9 o'clock, but has any of that resonated?
2: Yeah.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. Um, and then <coughs> and then also, <coughs> you were also, talking about and and when she was talking about relationships, as she stated earlier, she was not only talking about um relationship in um marriages or uh boyfriend girlfriend but relationship also in church um, mm-hmm. come to a dead end and things like that so and and like she said, you don't have to always hear somebody in the prophetic to to confirm what mm-hmm. all. In your spirit Mm -hmm. so you know you have done yes and you have to know that that when end comes when god is i will will let you know what to do and how to do as long as you have a relationship with him then he will definitely speak to you and let you know and then he'll put the right people in your pathway as well to um, help you to the next level in 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 Christ and in, in God, and um, so we we you know I know because I know we have people and that's online that's either going through ministry or trying to find a place in you know looking for a place to settle as far as with this with the Lord and um, in a church home whether it's mentoring or whatever God has placed in your spirit and you said that once you get to your purpose, you know, once you know who you are in Christ and you're walking into your purpose, to the fullness of what God has Amen. 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 Anybody else
2: have anything? Ah, yeah,
0: real quiet. I know. I don't know what's going on, y'all. This is the Movement Real Talk, y'all real quiet tonight. <laughs> uh you know, this is for us to uh, to help us to, uh, you know, to help us in our way. And some of us need this as well because it's healing process that we're going through and, you know, things that have happened in our past and in our lives. So it's like mm-hmm. God, you know, puts the right people on the line to, to help us even along the way. And, mm-hmm. again, I do want to thank um Nika Breedon for coming online, and she is an author. And um, can you also give them the name of your book?
1: Yeah, so my book is entitled Get Out of That Dead End Relationship Now, A Christian Woman's Guide on How to Get Real, Healed, and Move On. It's available on Amazon.com. You can you know, type my name um, or type in the title of the book. And also you can order it directly from me through my own website, at www.tanikabreeden.com, and of course you can find me on Facebook you can I use use the hashtag get real be healed. and so you can google that and or go on Facebook and search that and you can follow me on my Facebook page or inbox me or, or whatever and you can stay um, in touch with me and I'm also on Twitter at you know get real be healed and Instagram you'll find it and follow me and learn about the book and I'm always putting up inspirational videos. I have a blog. So I'm always tweeting and talking and discussing things with regards to relationships. So if you're interested, you know, in the book, it is available through Amazon and on my website. So what love, you know, if you can get your hands on it or put it in the hands of someone who, you know, needs it. And uh, just to be a blessing, you know, my whole goal is the whole point of me writing the book was I don't want another woman to ever, 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 Waste time waiting on a man to marry her in a dead-end relationship like the way I did. And I kept waiting on him. I was living off crumbs. I was broken. I was trying to fix him and help him and heal him. And I have a whole chapter on that in my book. That title is called um, You Are Not Florence Nightingale. You know, and if anyone knows who she was, she was finished nurse, and she went around in the night helping wounded soldiers at night in very nasty and squalid conditions, putting her own life at risk to nurse wounded soldiers back to health back in the 1800s. And of that chapter in my book was, you're not Florence Nightingale. God called you to be Eve, and you're going to be a whole and healthy woman, and God don't want you to get out of your place, be seated in heavenly places with him, to go drag yourself down in a pig pit to help a man that's not really ready to be helped yet. That man has to rise to your level and be, be seated in Christ for himself so that you can function and reign as queen and king together. And you're not not—you're a queen and a daughter of the most high king. You can't be rolling around in the playpen, in the pig pen, trying to heal somebody that doesn't want to be healed yet. And see, that's what I did. You know, I spent a lot of time for him, pleading the blood of Jesus over his life, calling those things that be not as though they were, and he was getting better. But at my expense, and then at the end of the day, you know, Mm -hmm. I learned, you know, of course, he's not being faithful and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, you know, as I went in hindsight and in retrospect, I realized I spent more time praying over this man than my own wife, my own purpose, my own children. And I Mm -hmm. wasted almost five or six years of my life for someone who really, truly did not want to be married to me, but just wanted the convenience of having someone.
2: and yes.
1: So, i wind up being actually used. And see, so you're not Florence Langhill. And so, I said all that to say this if you know somebody, or if it's you, or if you just need that extra edification and encouragement in the area of relationships, then those mm-hmm. are the topics in my book. I'm talking from my own personal experience, and I'm backing it up with the revelation that I learned, and then nuggets and insights. And then, of course, with scripture, there are also study questions at the end of the book because they can also be used as a group study you know, at, for a book club or something like that, because I created it in that way as well. So it's I, a lot there. It's a lot to there. the Breeden, B-R-E-E-D-E-N. B-R-E-E. Is it B-R-E-E-D as in Dan,
2: E-N
1: as in Nancy. Breeden.
2: Okay.
1: And the first name is T-O-N-I-K-A.
4: Okay. Okay. Can I say something right quick? Yes, um, It's going to be really quick. I, I had a friend, and I still think of her as a friend, um, a few years ago, and um, she would tell me stories. She was running after this man um, for years. This man, even after all these years, I don't know how many years I've been knowing her for five, six, seven, eight, nine years now, and um while she was running after him and dating him and buying him stuff and um, giving him money. And he got married to someone else, um, mm-hmm. divorced that woman. She was still there for him, um, came overseas, and he was, they, <laughs> she followed him overseas. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, he he found a woman over there overseas, and um, when he got sick, She went to visit him. The other woman was there, but she was still there the whole time. She's still buying him stuff and doing everything for this man. And when he left, and she was in church every Sunday, every women's conference, every every whatever whatever was going on, she knew the word. Oh my god! And wow, up in the guest house with this man on his way out, PCS into another place, and (laughs) and this man did not care about her. All, all this, I mean, she would tell me all this stuff, and I would see her. We walking across the street. She called him. He act like he did not even see her. I said, well, he didn't even, he didn't even acknowledge you. But anyway, she asked me, um, uh, um, just before we left from overseas, what did I think about her? I said, what do you mean? She said, be honest with me. What, what do you think about me and my situation? So she told me to be real, and I told her what I thought, And Mm -hmm. uh, she no longer talks to me anymore. (laughs) She Mm -hmm. quit calling me, But I was telling her this for her own good. This man did not care about her. He did not want her. He wanted what she had, all her money, whatever she gave him. She bought him clothes. She bought him suits and shoes, everything. She was there, and and she was giving up her body. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. She quit talking to me. I saw her one day at a store, and I said, I'm calling her name, Joe. I said, Joe, um, how you doing? I said, um, I guess you proposed yourself to be mad at me because of what I said. I said, but you asked me to tell you what I thought, and I did. And she said, yeah. And I said, I guess you're probably thinking who do I think I am. She said, yeah, I did think that too. I said, well, I just told you what I felt, and um, I'm not going to apologize for it. And like I said, she never called me. I have not heard from that woman in over five, six years. Wow.
3: Yeah.
4: But you know
1: that's class denial, and see it gets going back to to my testimony and my story. I had been in my dating relationship maybe I would say about a year before my mom, maybe maybe about two years, maybe about two years into it, after we had supposedly gotten engaged, and my mom called me, very proudful, very humble, and really said, "She said, Tanika, something is wrong." Something's just not right about this. You know, what, what kind of relationship is this? Mm-hmm. But I, blinders on and I was like your friend. I, did, I could, I, I knew things were off, but I just wanted to believe the best. I had so much pride. I did not want. I was embarrassed. I had already left my church home to follow behind him. And so yeah. I, was
5: like,
1: I was already. This was in my book. I was church homeless for a little while and kind of going as a to another church, thinking mm-hmm. that you we know, were going to ride off into the sunset together and be in ministry together. We were going to serve. Uh, and so I was going to get to turn to my neighbor the, to the left and to the right and high-five and look cute or whatever. I had all this in my head. And mm-hmm. I didn't want really to hear the truth from my mama. And I know my mama loved me.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I want to hear it. And so I dug my heels in even further. And I kept pressing in, God, do a work in him. Bring us together. Let your will be done. I want to, you know, I can be his wife and we can heal him, God. And this whole big thing that I had, and it still didn't work. So I had to go, like what Joyce Meyer says, I know y'all, if any of y'all listen to her, I had to go make one more trip around that mountain. As a matter of fact, I probably made a couple more trips before I found it got so bad. So, you know, I finally did. And when my sister, by the time I made my few trips around the mountains and had been broken and humbled before God some more, and then when my daddy died, I didn't have any more capacity in me at all whatsoever to keep mm-hmm. hanging up with this jacked-up mess. So when he died, I just couldn't keep, I call it faking the funk. I couldn't mm-hmm. keep faking the funk anymore. I had to let that mess go. So I was already praying, already struggling. And then as a series of little events that had happened and coincidences, when I got my phone call from my sister, this time, you know, the phone call with my mom a few years back didn't work. But when Mm -hmm. my sister called me out of
2: the blue, she said, "Tamika, I just want you to know that she don't love you. Please, please, Tamika." And when she said that, this time, I didn't, this time, I got it. I was Mm -hmm. Because I had
1: been through hell, and I was tired, and my daddy had died, and I didn't have anything else left in me. And I asked God, God, I don't care how bad it hurts, please help me to see the truth. Help me to see the truth. Open the eyes of my understanding. Take the blindness off. I don't care how bad this mess hurts. I need to know the truth whether or not this mess is. And if you want me to lay this mess down, then well, God, help me to do so. And Lord knows. He started opening my eyes. I started seeing the lies. I started seeing the deception. Mm-hmm. <laughs> me. That was all. That was a. That was it. With a capital of T and a period. And I cut that thing. So now for your friends, she wasn't ready, and so mm-hmm. she cut shut you off. I couldn't cut shut my mama off. I didn't shut her off. But what I did was, I didn't like to talk about my
3: relationship.
1: I tried to talk about it. And I, and then when we have family get-togethers and stuff, I try to avoid it, and I always feel all weird and embarrassed and, you know, you get tired of living like that.
4: Yeah.
1: And I was getting tired of it, and then after that I I just couldn't do it anymore. So, but th- those things are in my book there. That's yeah. good. Mm-hmm.
2: Well,
1: yeah. I just don't, I know y'all bringing it to an end, but I want to say um, greetings and love your testimony, um, I've been married 27 years, um, thank God, and my husband said to me, we talk about this, that a man knows instantly most of the time. I'm not going to say all because I don't know all men, but most of the time men do know when they want to make you wife, and it does not
2: take years and years and years and mm-hmm. to even verify that through the word of God, if you look, when Jacob saw Rebecca, he knew that he wanted Rebecca instantly. Now, I might not, I'm might i not in favor of just going to marry somebody right away, but mm-hmm. it not take you over a year to even make a commitment
0: mm-hmm.
2: in that relationship or put a ring, an engagement ring, even if you all don't marry that same year. Mm-hmm. Um, unless it is a man that he knows he's trying to see whether something is better out there or unless you are some serious, you have sought um, God and counsel and there are some serious issues that you know you need to work through. That's another, you know, scenario. But for real, it does not take anybody five years, two years, three years to know whether or not you want to make me your wife. Amen. Man, that's right. Uh, when we had, I didn't even have a prayer life. I wasn't even saved. My husband was. He grew up in the church, but he did not have a relationship with Christ. We weren't Holy Ghost filled. But I tell you, I knew when I saw him. That was my
1: husband, and he knew it too. We never said that to each other. And that year, that Christmas, after we met, we were engaged. We um we were engaged for two years
2: before we married. But this is my thing. So. How much when well, we are filled with God's Holy Spirit and we have a prayer life and a connection to our our Father, that's one of the first things, and I'm sure you know that, woman of God, since you even been through experience, like, God, show me anything that I need to see right now, right now, <laughs> before I get into this relationship deeper and further. Amen.
0: Mm-hmm. Right.
2: Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. Uh-huh. And so I want it because I don't believe God wants us to be in the wilderness 40 with day. I mean, 40 years, you know, with a, with, we don't even have to be there that long. We don't have to be held up in your real man of God or your real king, you know, shouldn't be sitting right there waiting. But it is a blessing that you did go through because for you, you can tell so many other women, don't be deceived. Mm-hmm. You don't have, Deceived. If he has not, men are, um, for lack of a better word, I want to say predators, but when they want something, they go after it. And I have said that with, you know, a friend that I know this day was seeing somebody, and he is the man in a man of God in a role, you know, walking in a position in the ministry, and there's no real commitment. And I'm like, what is your purpose? Where is your goal? Where y'all going? Exactly. What You know, why let him hold you up? Now, if that is not what you desire, that's that's fine, too. But, like, on some of these shows, we know one in particular, some of us may know, the Lady Thomas, she's been talking to this bishop for 17 years. Why? What? (laughs) Oh, Oh, yeah. (laughs) You know, why am I talking 17 years, really? And then you. when people say something about it, you're like, but I do understand that, too, because I have been blinded. Oh, my God. Crazy and everything. But when you are in now, you was once blind, but now we see. So, you know, I'm like 17 years, and y'all, I wouldn't tell anybody, especially she desires to be married. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And my God said he's going to give us, if we trust in him and delight ourselves in him and do good, he will give us our heart's desires.
5: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Amen. So that's all I wanted to add. Amen. I with everything just <laughs> saying, and, you know, and it took, you know, and I guess, you know, in hindsight, God allowed me to go through this for the yeah. purpose of writing this book. And, you know, and I always say, God, take my test, give me a testimony, take this mess, give me a message, take my trash, and make treasure out of this. And that's what this is because I don't want yes. to waste time. You see the rare flags, And so, you know, right now, you know, if I were to go on a date, I'm already prayed up before I go out on a date. I'm like, God, let me see whatever I need to see now because I've wasted too much time in my life.
2: Yes. Yes.
1: Cannot, I absolutely cannot afford any destiny derailing, time-wasting, dating, full of distractions,
2: just
1: on dinner dates knowing good and well that I'm wasting his time and mine too. If he's not the one, I mean, I understand preliminary dating, you know, but right. I should see the flags quickly. Show me what I need to see because exactly. a lot of my life force, a lot of my emotional and spiritual energy and life force try and pour it into a relationship, that was going nowhere. It was like living in limbo, walking around in the wilderness. I felt like an Israelite just stumbling oh. around and stum- in limbo waiting on this man. It, you don't know. That is not God's best for his daughters, not at all. And I agree with you totally,
0: sister. Mm. Amen. 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 Is there anybody else? Praise God. Praise God. And Again and Timeka uh Tanika Reading, how much is your book? Is the book that you have on Amazon?
2: Amazon is
1: selling it for eleven sixty one. It the they marked it down. It was twelve ninety five and it's eleven sixty one. And directly from me, um I charge ten dollars. I will be raising that to twelve dollars very soon. Like within the next week I had dropped it when I first released it and I kept it down through the holidays. But it's ten dollars plus two ninety nine for the shipping for me, um dot dot or directly for me and when I do it I sign it and put in, you know, autograph. If it comes through Amazon, they're shipping it directly to you. So, you know, I don't I'm not signing that or anything, but once that I once that I take through my website, you know, it's autograph copy. So okay. Okay.
0: so if everyone if you got that or um she is on Facebook and like you can also go back to this recording and and pick up any information that you may have missed. Mm-hmm. And I just want to, again, thank her for taking the time to come on the Movement Real Talk to share with us about relationships um, because it's much needed. And and we just thank you for for that. And this is what we do every Monday from 8 to 9 or until we say 8, until the Spirit li- releases us. Um mm-hmm. I just want to reiterate that on January the 23rd through the 24th, we will have our Women's Conference, and that will be all things new, um, 2015. And we have some dynamic speakers that will be coming from, um, we got Latrice Crawley Ministries coming from North Carolina. We have um, Bishop Claudine Lee from Petersburg, Virginia, we have Reverend C.C. Jackson from Richmond, Virginia, and we also have Lady Suzette Spitz from North Carolina coming to share with us on those days. Friday is open to everybody. Saturday is women only. And if you check on, our, on my page on Facebook, it's on there as well. And we're looking for women to just come and to have a high time in the Lord and for God to move. I'm just, the closer it's getting, I'm just like, wow, God is, it's gonna take us to another level, and mm-hmm. uh, and I just thank everyone again for being on the Movement Real Talk, and we love you. And, and I'm not for sure. Maybe next week we'll just have open open discussion, um, and then the following week we'll have a another and another guest. And you know, and I pray that everyone in 2015 is is believing and trusting God and the supernatural, and moving. Mm-hmm by his spirit. And as Lady uh, Breeden has spoken and she said, you know, we we want to press toward that mark of the prize of the high calling, and we want to, you know, not look back at the past, but move forward in him and trust in him, because any man that puts his hand to the plow and looks back is not fit for the kingdom. So we want to strive forward. And uh, is there anybody else that have anything Say to say before I turn it. Um, while, uh see if Tanika breathe and have any more things she wants to say before we close out.
4: Well, I just want to say um, uh, thank you, Sister Tanika, for being so transparent, being mm-hmm. open with your life. You know, it can bless someone to help someone where they're at right now. Thank
3: you. Mm-hmm.
1: Amen. Thank you. You're welcome. And, you know, I don't, if I'm going to speak, I want to speak from a place of authenticity and realness. I don't want to sugarcoat, and I don't want to act like I'm better than or bigger than what I am. I mean, if you go on Facebook, you see that my stuff looks, you know, you know, it looks nice and it looks all big and stuff. But everything that I'm writing is coming from a place of realness and what the real deal is. And you can't help and bring deliverance and healing and restoration create mind shift and change and being very real. Mm-hmm. And oh, I don't want to be like, I'm so high and lofty and my right. story not pretty. It's the real deal. It's the wrong.
5: Mm-hmm. And
1: I want people to know that so that that to, to help them get out of dead in relationships and to get real, to be healed, and to move on. And so it being real. And so... That's mm-hmm. that's what I, you know, I focus on the
0: transparency. And so,
1: mm-hmm. it, you know, I do a lot. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. yeah, That's what the world is looking for. People are looking for realness.
3: Yeah.
0: It's not, not going to move. It's going to be what the real people, the remnant, that people have been through things to, to help somebody else come out. They want to see that true picture. Mm-hmm. And that's what God's calling, you know, and it's, it's happening in this season. And... Um, <clears throat> and we're just gonna trust God in that. And also, um not for sure if, if there's any special prayers or anything. Anybody need um special prayers? Um, is um is Elder Ross
2: online? I'm sorry, yes.
0: Okay. Elder Ross, you online?
1: Yeah, I'm here. I'm here.
0: Okay, if you want to go ahead and, and uh, if you don't mind, close us out in prayer.
1: Oh, okay. Give me one minute. Hold up, y'all. I walked in the store.
0: Oh,
5: okay.
1: <laughs> wow. Well, it was wild and I just don't get put out the store. But anyway, <laughs> uh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Um, Gracious Father, we just come before you tonight, God, giving you glory, honor, and praise, God. And just thanking you, God, for allowing us to enter into another year, to cross over, God, into the new thing that you're going to do, God. And we thank you, Father God, that you have made all things new, God. Hallelujah, God. And you're going to continue to perform the work that you have created in each of us to do, God. And we just pray that it will bring glory, honor, in glory and honor to your name, God, we pray for every person that is on this line tonight, God. We pray, Holy Spirit, that you would continue, God, to to teach them all things, that you would teach them, teach us all, God, how to walk in your way, God, that you would give somebody strength, that need strength, God, that you would give somebody that they would encourage by this woman of God. Testimony,
2: oh God, we pray right now, God, that as her testimony goes forward, oh God, that it's gonna take the 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 blinders off of people's eyes, God, that the shackles will be set free, God, that the burdens will be lifted, oh God, that there will be no deception, oh God, in the name of Jesus Christ, God, and we just see the blood of Jesus for every person right now, God, and we thank you for the blood, oh God, and we thank you, Father, God, Hallelujah, that there is no condemnation to those that. That are in Christ Jesus, God. We thank you, Father God, that you gave us a test and a testimony, God, so that we can have compassion for others, oh God, in the name of Jesus Christ, God. We just thank you, God, that you have made us new creatures, God, and
1: all things have passed away. All things have passed away and all things have become
2: new, God. We thank you That's that your word says in revelation that you're going to do a new thing, God. Do a new thing in our relationships, God. Do a new thing in our lives, oh God, in the name of Jesus Christ. And God, we thank you, and we thank you for this opportunity. We thank you, God, for evangelist. God, for even putting this together, God. We thank you for the increase, God. We thank mm-hmm. you right now, God, for increasing this year, oh God, because your word says it, oh God, that you're going to bless us. You'll bless the house of Israel. You'll bless the house of Israel. You'll bless the house both great and small, God, that you will increase us more and more, God. We thank you for the increase financially, spiritually, naturally in our bodies, oh God, in the name of Jesus Christ. And we pray for those that are lost, those that are broken, God. God, be the lifter up of their heads, God. Use us as the salt of the earth, oh God. Use us to tell somebody about the good news, about the gospel, God. How you brought us over, how you brought us through, how you made us new, God. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. In Jesus' name, oh, we pray it. we thank you, God, and we pray that every word that was spoken, God, that it will not be plucked up by the enemy, God, but that it will produce a harvest, God, and the lives of each of your hearers, God. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 Thank
3: you, Jesus. Amen.
2: God, bless each and every one of you. Thank you for the opportunity to pray. Thank you, Jesus.
3: Amen. Hallelujah.
2: Praise. Thank you, Lord.
3: Uh, thank, thank you, Jesus. Thank,
2: thank you, you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you. Yeah. Yes, thank. You. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank oh, you. thank you, Jesus.
3: We thank bless
1: you. your name, God. Thank you, Jesus. You are worthy, God.
3: Hallelujah. Yeah. and
1: wonderful and amazing God. There is mm-hmm. nobody greater. Yeah. Amen awesome than you, God. Nobody can compare to you, God. No situation is too hard for you, God. We thank you, God. We glorify
3: you, God. We lift up our heads to you, God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You can lift your head, oh, ye, Jesus, and be lifted up to you, everlasting God, the King of glory
1: shall come in.
2: Who is the King of glory? He is the Lord strong and mighty. He is the Lord
3: mighty in battle. We thank you, God. Hallelujah. He is
2: the Lord. And you that you are the I
3: am. You are
1: something, God. Hallelujah. You are all sufficient and all knowing, God. There's nobody like you, God. Nobody greater, God.
2: Hallelujah. We
3: and e? no are, you are theborg- <that's> the people. We are the you? We are you? people. We are the Yes. yes, Jesus. A God
2: has
3: heard every one of your cries.
0: God has turned everything around. God said, in a few days, you'll begin to see the manifestation of the things that He has placed up in your heart. He's heard your cries. He heard your light. The windows
3: of heaven are opening for you. God said, you continue to walk through the doors as they open. A favor.
0: Like yes. never before. Mm. God yes. said, don't worry about the finances. Don't worry about what it looked like. Yeah, he said, just see me. He's going to open up the windows of heaven. Speak my word. Stand on my word and on my promises. Yeah. For I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor the seas begging bread. This
3: is your season. Yes, it is your season. Yes,
2: blessings,
3: blessings, Yes, blessings. Mm. Hallelujah, Jesus. Faithful, Hallelujah, Jesus.
2: God. Thank faithful. God,
0: faithful. Thank you. Faithful. You've been faithful.
2: Yeah. Jesus. Ha-
0: Jesus. Ha- Jesus. Hallelujah. Yeah, ha- yeah. Oh,
3: we thank you, Jesus. We thank magnify you. your name. Ha- thank ha- you, Jesus. Ha- yes, Lord. Ha- yes, ha- yeah, yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Magnify your name
0: and God, seek high and low, low. High and ministry, every ministry that's low, this High and low, seek high and low, low. High and low, seek This is the year.
3: like never before. seek high and low, Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, Hallelujah. Oh yeah, oh, you, yeah. No more holding back. Hi, Yeah.
2: Jesus. Jesus. Jesus.
3: Jesus.
2: Oh Jesus! Hallelujah, well, Jesus! Hallelujah, Jesus! Thank you, Father. Thank you,
3: Jesus.
2: Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus! Hallelujah!
3: Hallelujah, Jesus!
2: Thank Thank you, Thank you, hallelujah, Jesus! Thank. Hallelujah. Thank.
3: Hallelujah.
2: hallelujah, Jesus! <laughs> oh Jesus! 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 Hallelujah, Jesus! Hallelujah. Yes. Hallelujah, Jesus! Hallelujah! Thank you, Jesus! Thank you, Lord! Hallelujah! Hallelujah, Jesus! So glory, glory, glory! Hallelujah, Jesus! 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 Thank you, Jesus! Thank you, Lord! Thank you, Lord! Thank you, Lord! Thank you, Jesus!
3: Jesus, Jesus, oh, thank you, Jesus, thank you. Jesus, yeah, ba, 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 ba.
2: Yeah. Jesus,
3: Jesus,
2: thank you, thank you, Jesus. Thank you Lord, thank,
0: thank you, Jesus, thank you, Lord, thank you, thank you Lord, thank you, Lord. thank you, thank you Jesus, yes, Hallelujah. Lord, yes, Lord, Hallelujah, it's time for the harvest,
3: yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yes, yes, Lord,
3: time for the harvest, yeah, Yes. it's time,
2: yeah.
3: Yes. Jesus. 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 Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh yes, Thank, Lord. Thank you. It. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank
2: you,
0: Lord. Thank you, Lord.
2: Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus.
0: Yeah. Hallelujah,
2: Jesus. Thank you. Oh. God, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you.